that, that he said that that's not going to work. And so he took and made garments of skin for Adam and his wife, and he clothed them. And there are several things that, that I want us to think about in regards to our own modesty as individuals, as men and as women, that, that I think we can learn from this passage here in Genesis chapter 3. Number one, it's possible to have insufficient clothing. When God looked at them with the clothing that they had put on, He said, that, that's not going to work. I'm going to give you something more sufficient. It's possible for us to be immodest. It's possible for us to not wear enough clothing to cover our bodies. And as obvious as that may seem, I think that's a point that many people just completely miss in our society. That many people have this idea that whatever, you can wear whatever or, or wear as little as you want, and there's never any issue with that. And if you don't believe that, you go through the checkout line at Walmart. And you tell me if, if we don't believe that, or if we haven't bought into that. The things you will see, not, not in the back of the video store, or not behind the counter with a, with, a little, with a little black thing in front of it, but right there in the checkout in Walmart, you've, you've seen those magazine covers, haven't you? And it's not just in the swimsuit issue, it's in, it's in all, of those, all of those magazines. I don't even know what they are, okay? But they're stuff that a lot of people read. Many times the pictures, you have to avert your eyes from those things. Because there it is, and there she is, and all of everything God has given to her. Secondly, I want us to understand that nakedness is not a cultural issue. I think that sometimes when, when we try to address the subject of modesty, we, we say, well, it, it's, about, it's about culture and it's about our society and how short is too short and how low is too low and all of those things. And there are, and there are some places in some foreign, foreign lands and they do this and we do this here and my mama thinks and my grandma thinks and all the girls at the school think. And there is a truth to the idea that we need to be aware of what our culture says. Right? Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11 that there are some cultures where it would be necessary for women, for my wife and for my daughter, to wear a covering. And not just to wear a little doily on their head. He's talking about a covering that would cover their face. Because there are some cultures that say, that say that's what a woman who's in submission to her husband looks like. That's not our culture. But we need to be aware of those things. And if you had lived in that culture or in some cultures in our world, you would want to acknowledge that. But in the garden, there was no culture. There wasn't what everybody else did or what everybody else thought. There wasn't generations of, of tradition or way people have looked at things. There were just two people. There was no culture. Nakedness is not something that is a cultural issue. And thirdly, Number one, we said, number one, we said the clothing that Adam and Eve created was not sufficient. Number two, nakedness is not a cultural issue. Number three, the purpose of their clothing was to cover their body. The purpose of their clothing was to cover their nakedness. Why is that significant? Well, because in our society today, I think that we have adopted an idea that the purpose of clothing is to show our body. To put our bodies on display. That's not what the purpose of clothing is in the Bible. 
And we need to think about that whenever we're shopping for a dress or we're shopping for, for, for some sort of an outfit or we're shopping for anything. Why am, I, why am I buying these things? Am I buying these things so I will look so good and everybody will know how good I look? There's nothing wrong with being clean. There's nothing wrong with looking nice. And all of those, it's not what I'm saying. But am I trying to put my body on display? Am I trying to have people notice me and notice my body based upon the clothing that I wear? You walk around the malls. You guys have been to the mall, haven't you? What are they selling? What are they selling? They're selling clothing to sell a body. To show the body. That's not the purpose of clothing. Not from a biblical standpoint. And so we come, we come in our Bibles to the New Testament. Understand those things about the beginning. We come to that passage of Scripture where Paul writes to Timothy. And he tells Timothy, here's what I want you to tell the women. This is a hard thing, right? Because there are many of these issues that I cannot address. Okay? There are many of these issues that Paul will say, will say to Titus in Titus chapter 2, you ladies need to address these things. You ladies, you older ladies need to be talking to you younger ladies about these things. I, things I don't know, things that wouldn't be appropriate for me to say, and so on and so forth. But that doesn't mean that in the church we just say, I'm not going to say anything. Because Paul says, Timothy, you tell the women this. That I want women to adorn themselves with proper clothing, modestly and discreetly. Not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly garments, but rather by means of good works as befits women making a claim to godliness. Now I'm going to go off this slide, so, so if you have your Bible, open it there to 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 9. Because I want us, I want us to think about exactly what he's saying here. Number one, as he, as he begins to talk about modesty, I want the women to dress in a modest way. I want the women to dress in a discreet way. Well, here, he's not talking about wearing too little clothes, is he? Not specifically. This situation is, is, not, is not talking about the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. Because modesty isn't just about wearing too little clothes. One of, what he's addressing here when he talks about being modest and being discreet, he's talking about women who are wearing too much. He's talking about women who are, who are braided hair and gold or pearls and costly garments. And once again, we see examples of biblical women whose hair is done and who have jewelry. That's not, he's, not, he's not condemning those things per se, but he's saying, why are you doing that? Are you doing these things to make people say, look at me. Look at me and how wealthy I am. Look at me and how beautiful I am. Modesty isn't just about too little. It's also about too much. Because modesty simply means that when we dress, we don't dress in a way that calls attention to ourselves. And I want us to see that that's a two-way street. And while it's in our face very much, the too little part, it's also possible to be immodest with too much. The too little's in our face, the too much is a reality. 
And perhaps you know some people in that category. Maybe perhaps you struggle with that. I want people to notice me. But he says that's not what a godly woman does, and that's not what I want you to do. The way that one dresses should not draw attention to themselves in a wrong way or in a sinful way. That's what he means when he says, I want you to be modest and I want you to be discreet. And then he says, he says, I want you, I want you to dress yourselves as befits women who are making a claim to godliness. Ladies, when you get dressed, and when you get dressed to come to worship, but when you get dressed to go to, wor- to go to work, or when you get dressed to go to the grocery store, or when you get dressed even to go and work out at the gym, I want you to ask yourself, is what he's saying, is this, is this something that befits someone that would be appropriate for someone who's going to stand up wearing that outfit or that dress or that whatever, Someone is going to stand up and say, I am a woman of God. Because it's supposed to. That's what a godly woman does. Dress modestly. Dress discreetly. As befits someone who's making a claim to godliness. Because the reality is, the truth is, the way that you dress says something about you. And we bemoan that fact in our culture and maybe even in our situations. And we say, but it shouldn't. I should be able to dress the way that I want and it shouldn't say anything about us. Well, we can moan that all all that we want. The reality is that it does. That there are people that you have seen that their clothes say sex. Are there not? Not just on those magazine covers, but walking up and down the streets. Some of you young men, when you go into into the public high school, are there not some people whose clothing says sex? Look at me. There are some people whose clothing says money. That is not appropriate. But rather, he says, I want you to have clothing that says pure godly. Is that what our clothing says about us? Or do we we even consider whether our clothing says that about us? That's what a godly woman looks like. That's what a modest woman looks like. And if we are not modest women, then we cannot be godly women. Those two things are tied inseparably. Timothy, you tell this to the women because I want them to be godly women. I want them to stand up. We, we talk so much about hypocrisy, right? But there are, some people, there are some people that if they begin to talk to us about God, we're not going to listen. And we're not going to listen because everything that we see tells us something contrary to what they say. Right? Don't let that happen to you. Don't let that happen to you because because your skirt is too short or your blouse is too low or or whatever. I I want our women, who are some wonderful women, I want us to be able to say that the women in the Savannah Church of Christ, they're godly women. And there's nothing about them that makes me think otherwise. 
They're pure women. You know, there's something different about those girls from the Savannah Church of Christ. They don't live their lives the way that everybody else lives their lives. They're not on display for other people. They're living their lives for God. And so, as we think about those things, this is why we want to be very careful. We want to be very careful about establishing a great deal, a number of rules, and one size fits all, and you know, I'll tell you what's too short, and I'll tell you what's too... Any discussion of modesty in our own lives, friends, it begins with the heart, not the hemline. It begins with the heart. That I want my daughter to have it within her heart to say, I want to be a godly woman. I want to be a pure woman. I want my wife to to, to want to be a godly woman. And that those desires of her heart to be reflected in the clothing that she wears. Because I want to be pure. That's what modesty is all about. Can I I give one example that, that I think we struggle with, especially in our society? I'm going, to, I'm going to give the example, whether you want to give me permission or not. Because I, I think we need to think about this. I don't know what the right word is to use, but, but we, we hear people talk about, well, I would talk about social institutions. That, that, that I'm very much of the conviction that there are things in our society that we accept, that the world accepts. And, and the world accepts them so much that we accept them without even thinking about it. But that if we were to think about what exactly we are doing for about five seconds, it would be pretty clear that that's just not appropriate. You go home and I want you to talk to your husbands and I want you to talk to your sons and I want you to talk to your daughters about these things, but what about, I don't know what, what the right word is, what about mixed swimming? And, and the truth is, there's nothing wrong with swimming, right? Right? Swimming's a good thing. We used to have a pool. Some of you went, came to our house in Kentucky. We had a pool at our house, all right? And, and the truth is, there's nothing wrong with boys and girls swimming together. Is there? Boys and girls can swim together, and we can have a good time. And it's not mixed bathing, as some people have, you know... Put, put that terminology out there. They're not taking a bath together. That'd be pretty obviously not, not appropriate. But is there a problem? Is there a problem when we take our clothes off and reveal our bodies to do that? I, I want us to think about that. Daddies, l- let me ask you a question. And, and maybe you can help me with this because I, I struggle with this. And I've, listen, I've got a little girl and I've got a wife and they're both beautiful and, and, and I want them to be godly women. But what would happen? What would happen is if, if when you came from home from work tomorrow, if your wife or your daughter were sitting there in your living room in their underwear... But they weren't just sitting there in their underwear. They were sitting there in their underwear with some strange man... Or maybe some man that you know. And I know that's an uncomfortable thought. I don't, I, I don't like, that just kind of makes me mad just thinking about it. But what would happen? It'd be bad, wouldn't it? Right? It'd be bad if you came home and that was going on, right? I mean, it'd be bad in my house. What's the difference? What's the difference in that happening 
and your little girl or your wife being in their underwear and going out to some public place in a swimsuit. I mean, you can go to Walmart and you can see the swimsuits and you can see the underwear section, and I'm telling you, there's not a lot of difference. I probably wouldn't know the difference unless I got real close. I'm saying there's not a lot of difference. And I want us to think about that. I want us to think about that as it applies to our life. And that, that I know we live in a lake culture, all right? Man, the, the, and the lake is wonderful. Can we go swimming? Can, can, is it going to kill my, my children and, and my family to go swimming with a pair of shorts and a t-shirt on? I mean, is that just going to be the end of the world? See, because the reality is that the female body affects males. And that may be one of those, well, duh, statements. But I'm saying that because I think we live in our society, I think we live in a society that, that, that tries to act like that's not a true statement. Oh, well, I didn't notice that girl. I didn't, did, didn't, notice, didn't notice the way she was dressed. And, and we act like that. You, you go and turn on your radio and, and listen to the way that, that they talk about girls. They're at least honest there. Ladies, I want you to understand, and I'll just be quite honest, that the more attractive you are and the more youthful you are, the bigger of a deal this is for you. I mean, I get that, all right? And modesty is not that big of a struggle for me, all right? Because I'm not going to be out with my clothes off because nobody wants to see that. Okay? But some people are blessed a little more than I'm blessed. And, and, it's, and, and you know, when they can, they can put themselves on display. And people are going to say, yeah, I like that. And Are we thinking about that? Ladies, do, do you think about that when it comes to the time, time to get dressed? The Bible says in 1 John 2 and verse 1, The one who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. Don't put a stumbling block in front of your brother. And you can think about whatever brother you want. Ladies, you can think about some of these young men who you go to school with. You can think about some of these older men who, who are here in this room tonight. And I can tell you that, that if you're being putting your body forth, you're causing them to stumble. Ryan shared for with us in class uh, something that he witnessed at, at Walmart here a few weeks ago about the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. And he was waiting for some bunk beds uh, and, and some things like that and back there by the magazine rack. And he said there was an 80-year-old man who came back there and picked up that magazine and just started thumbing through it. Why? Because he likes to see those things. And there's a portion, <laughs> there's a piece of that which is God made us that way. Alright? God made us that way. When a man looks at a woman, he's supposed to feel certain things. That's natural, according to Romans chapter 1, right? But when he dwells upon those things that aren't his, that's lust. That's lust. And I'm not trying to be a prude about these things. Sexuality and nakedness are great gifts that God has given to us. But the gift that God has given me in the form of my wife doesn't belong to your eyes. And the gift that God has given you in the form of your wife doesn't belong to my eyes. And I need to be protective of those things and, and considerate about those things. Because modesty matters. See, this is hard, isn't it? This, but it's something we need to think about. We need to, we need to talk about. 
how do, how do we implement this? What, what are people going to think? What, what, I'm just saying that, that, that if you want to be a modest person, especially those of you who are younger, this is going to be hard. My daughter, when she was six years old, came home from church one night and, and she said, all the girls are talking about their bikinis. And I told them. I told them, we don't, we don't show our bodies like that. You think that was easy on her? She didn't understand. Why why didn't everybody else have a problem with this? It's a good question. Do you think think that's going to get easier for her as she gets older? You think when she's 14 it's going to be an easier conversation for her to have? I think it's going to get real hard. I think it's going to get real hard. What are we going to do? Are we going to stand? Are we going to be just like the world? Paul said... Paul said there in 1 Peter 4 and verse 4, as we live like this, they, the world, the people, the people who don't care about this book, the people who don't care about God's will, who don't care about modesty, they're going to be surprised that you don't run with them into the same excess of dissipation. They're going to malign you. Well, what's wrong with you? Do you think you're, that you're better than us? Do you have a problem with this? You know, when, when you stand up and say, I don't wear clothes like that. He said, get ready for it. Because part of what it means to be a Christian is to live a life that's counter to this world. Man to man. I, I want to talk to the men for just a moment about this one. You see, I, I understand that some, some ladies may be very naive, and especially some of our younger ladies may be very naive. But guys, you're not. Every man in this room knows exactly what I'm talking about. You know what goes through a man's mind when he sees a scantily clad woman. And you don't have to shake your head, you don't even have to look at me, but you know this. And you know the struggle, and you know the temptation. We're having a whole class about it. Are we helping our wives? Because I don't think any of them want to be immodest. Are we giving them the leadership that they need? We're supposed to be the men of God. Are we leading our families? Are we educating our wives and our children? Are we we taking stands about what we will and what we we don't wear? Well, I I I can't control them. What do you mean? You you can't control them. It's It's not about control. It's about leadership. It's about education. It's about being godly as a family. Have some discussions with your wife. Have some discussions with your daughters. Talk to them about the subject of modesty. And and I'm talking about more than when you get in your car tonight and you talk about Wes and how he might have been a little over the top tonight. I want you to talk about what does it mean to be modest? Because our society is really struggling with this. But the Bible says that it really matters. Help them. Help them to develop some standards. Ladies, help your daughters. Nobody wants to talk about these things. I hate talking about this stuff in front of all of you, but I really hate talking to my wife about this stuff. And even more than that, I despise talking to my daughter about this stuff. Man, that just makes me, you know, uncomfortable. When Dustin said he was sick and he wouldn't be here tonight, and I thought, I need to preach on something else. Alright? Because I, man, that's just a hard conversation. But it's a conversation that you need to have. Ladies, do you know one of the reasons that your husband has never had that conversation with you or rarely has that conversation with you? Because he's scared of you. 
Because when you come out in something that isn't, isn't a modest thing, and there, there's, listen, in, in the marriage relationship, there's a time and a place for, for those things that would be immodest out, outside of it, right? But when, but when you come out in that shirt that's too low or that skirt that's too high, is he free? Is he free to make the suggestion that you might want to go back and change? Because I'm saying that's a hard thing for him to say. Because he likes the way that you look. And he doesn't want to make you mad. And he doesn't want to do all... So you tell him, I want to hear these things. I want you to help me. My wife told me once, and this just took this great burden off of me. If you see me wearing something that's not modest, I'm not doing that on purpose. You help me with those things. And she told me later on, I, I told her, you know, you need, to, you need to wear something else. You need to go put something on underneath that or whatever. And, and she said early on that she would go back and she would change. And you know what? She was mad at me. Like, told me to change my clothes. I mean, but she was glad that I told her. And as we grew in our relationship, as we grew in our relationship, we grew closer together and closer to God. These things aren't easy. And I don't have, I don't have the, I don't have all the answers. That that's for sure. But what he says once again there in First Timothy is that we want to be a people, ladies, whether you're young or whether you're old, we want to be a people who can make a claim to godliness, and we must not detract from that claim because of the clothing that we wear. God has blessed us. And I want to honor Him. Even if that means I'm not going to dress like everybody else or I'm not going to live like everybody else. Because ultimately, I want to be pleasing to Him. And that's where I'll find true happiness. See, this isn't just about ladies. This is about all of us. I want to be able to make a claim to godliness. I want to be able to stand up and say, I'm a child of God. I'm a Christian. And everything in my life... I'm striving to have reflect that. And I know I'm, I'm not perfect and I know I struggle with those things, but I'm working on it and I'm fighting it through those things every day. So that the world, when they see me, will see Christ. Because if you're here tonight and you're not a Christian, let me just say, I don't, I don't expect you to come forward for the sin of immodesty tonight. Don't expect anybody to do that. But I'm saying that if you're here this, tonight and you're not a Christian, this is your chance. If you're, here, if you're here tonight and you've never been baptized and had your sins washed away, this is your chance. If you're here tonight and you've lived a life in any shape, form, or fashion that took away from making a claim to godliness, this is your opportunity to make a change and to say, I will live for the Lord. Come tonight as we stand and as we sing. Trusting in His grace this hour, are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Lay aside the garments that are stained with sin and be washed in the blood of the Lamb. 
There's a fountain flowing for the soul unclean. Oh, be washed in the blood of the Lamb. Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Amen. It's been great to be with you today. Is uh, This is the Lord's day to worship Him and study about His Word. Hope that you have a great week, and we'll see you back here on uh, Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. Don't forget about the teacher's banquet uh, tomorrow night. Um, and we will sing number 467 in your book if you need that um, as our closing song. Um, the Lord's Supper has been left prepared in the classroom out of the doors to my right and your left. You can exit there or through the back doors and go around if you um, need to partake of communion this evening and were unable to tonight. Um, you can exit as we sing uh, this song, which will serve as our closing song, and then we'll be dismissed in prayer. Will your anchor hold in the storms of life When the clouds unfold their wings of strife When the strong tides lift and the cables strain Will your anchor drift or firm remain We have an anchor that keeps the soul Steadfast and sure while the billows roll. Fastened to the rock which cannot move. Grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love. When our eyes behold through the gathering night. The city of gold, our harbor bright. We shall anchor fast by the heavenly shore with the storms all past forevermore. We have an anchor that keeps the soul steadfast and sure while the billows roll. Fastened to the rock which cannot move, grounded firm and Let us go to God in prayer. Our God and Father in heaven, how great and glorious is thy name. Thankful are we, Father, for this opportunity we've had to prick our minds and touch our hearts with the lesson that we've just heard. We pray, Father, that we go from this building into thy daily service. That we take this lesson with us and live it in our everyday lives. Again, Father, we ask thee to be with those that are sick, ill, and afflicted. Watch over us and keep us all till the next appointed time at the next appointed place. We ask thee to be with us in Jesus' name. Amen.